Great to have you here for a fun day to celebrate the presence and the goodness of God. God is with us. God is with us. And he is here to help us. Thank you for everyone who prayed, especially for me and for several families who have been in a time of grief this past week. Um, I felt your prayers and we felt God's presence. Uh, a week ago Friday, Jake Cannon, just 28 years old, uh, was found dead and went to be with the Lord. And he and his girlfriend, April, had been coming here to Davison Free Methodist since last July. And um, God was working in their lives. Um, April brought me Jake's Bible, and I looked through his Bible, and I found highlighted the texts of each of the last several messages. And it was really neat to see how engaged he was. And uh, Jake's parents are here today. Kevin and Kathy, we love you. We're praying for you. And April, April's back there. Uh, we love you too. And we're praying for you. And the Shaw family, uh, Byron uh, and Mary. Mary went to be with the Lord. And we had her service here yesterday. And Linda and Marshall have been part of DFM Nation uh, for the last, all fall, and we've been praying for you and the, the rest of your family, and um, we'll keep praying, okay? Does anybody here need the Lord's help? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask that one more time. Does anybody here need the Lord's help? Yeah. You know, his grace, his healing, his encouragement, his comfort. Um, he is here for us today. The truth of the matter is he is here for us anytime we will open our hearts and minds, our lives to him. We've been walking through uh, what's called the Apostles' Creed. For over a thousand years, churches around the world, across the centuries in various countries and in many denominations and faith traditions have said the Apostles' Creed. Uh, the reason is because it does three things. It summarizes our faith. You know, how do you, how do you get your head and your heart around what it means to follow Jesus? Well, this is one way. You, you think about sort of a, what we do and do not believe summarized succinctly. It's printed in the program today. I hope you have one. And there's, a, there's an insert called More Thoughts. More Thoughts is intended for you to take home. It has some other scripture references beyond the ones we'll use here this morning. And uh, a lot of our small groups use them. We use it in our small group. Find it very helpful to supplement the book uh, that many of us have. So there's your More Thought. In the back of the More Thoughts is the print outline of the Apostles' Creed. And you'll notice right away that it is Trinitarian. It talks in the first several lines about God the Father. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Then jump down a few lines and it begins, I believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord, His Son, okay? And then you jump down even further and you have the phrase we're looking at today, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you were to draw a line across above the word, I believe in Jesus Christ, and above the phrase, I believe in the Holy Spirit, you'd see three sections. The section about Jesus is the largest section. It's in the center. But there's also teaching about God the Father at the beginning, God the Holy Spirit at the end. Each week in this series, we've tried to use a 
sort of ancient future symbol to remind us that it's been centuries since we've been talking about this topic, and yet the topic is relevant today. So over here we have, a, this is actually a photograph from a famous stained glass window, the Holy Spirit represented by a dove in several places in the Bible. Uh, he is described as descending like a dove, and um, I believe that's from the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is good. The Holy Spirit is the best thing that ever happens to the life of a Christ follower because he helps us grow. And the Holy Spirit never wants to leave us where we are, but wants to take us closer to him, more like him, more like Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look through several scriptures as we sort of unpack who the Holy Spirit is. And I was thinking, okay, where in the culture is there a reference to the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you were at a movie or, or someplace and, there was, and anybody talked about the Holy Spirit? And my kids were home uh, visiting at our place and they, they reminded me of a place. So we have a video clip and if you're an action movie buff, you'll recognize it immediately. The Italian job. Hey, you want to see what's inside? Absolutely. That's it. Yeah, 13 across, four high, four deep. That's uh, 208 bricks. How much? Oh, uh, 208 times 27. 2.7. 2.7 million. What? <gasps> no, it's 27. That's 27 million. It's 27 million dollars worth of gold. Got the Holy Spirit. You should get on it. It's a good train. Well, I bet you didn't expect to see that at church this morning. <clears throat> The Holy Spirit, he does uh, liven up our lives. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's kind of, kind of odd. Some people have a hard time with the topic of the Holy Spirit. You know, they think it's like that. They think he's like your weird uncle who kind of shows up and does odd things and, you know, you don't understand what's going on. That's not who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is God himself. And we're going to look together at the scriptures about that. So take your outline. It's on the back of the bulletin. And let's go together. First of all, the Holy Spirit is God. Has anybody here ever said, I invited Christ into my life? Or he came in, or he forgive, forgave me, he lives in me? How is that possible? See, Jesus Christ has already returned to the Father, right? We study that. He ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God the Father. And one day he will return. He now has a physical body. So how does, the, how does Jesus live in somebody? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in, brings Christ into your life, brings comfort and joy and strength and purpose, brings a sense of forgiveness, a sense of meaning and direction. That's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God's power in person in the world today. He's not a force. He's not an it. 
Every once in a while, I hear somebody refer to the Holy Spirit as it, and it just kind of always hits me the wrong way because he's a he, not an it. He is God. Jesus taught us this. Remember the Great Commission, the last thing he left as instructions for his disciples. They're instructions for us too. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Would you read the rest out loud? In the name and of the and of the why baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit unless we're talking about God. God the Creator, God the Father. God the Savior, God the Holy Spirit. God the Comforter, the Guide, God the Holy Spirit. And so today we recognize He is good and He is God. He is for us and He is with us. Jesus said when He was leaving to go back to heaven, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the Advocate, meaning the Holy Spirit, won't come. But if I go away, I will send Him to you. I'm so glad Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. And if you look at the rest of the Apostles' Creed, from this sentence all the way to the end, these are the things of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has given us the communion of saints and the Christian church. You know, when I travel to other cities here in America or go back to my native Canada, have I mentioned I'm a Canadian? Eh? Uh, or go, uh, you know, I've done quite a bit of ministry in China. And when I'm there and I'm with God's people, we're like one, right? Even though I can hardly speak the language and understand it, but I sense God's there because the Holy Spirit unites us all in the family of God, in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one, remember, the next two weeks from now, on the, on the 13th of November, for me is going to be the highlight of this whole series. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Wow, isn't that amazing? Your sins can be forgiven. You don't have to pay for them because Jesus already did. And how are you forgiven? Through the power of the Holy Spirit who cleanses you and makes you new from the inside out. How cool is that? That is very cool. (laughs) That is very cool. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The forgiveness of sins. The, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. The Holy Spirit is alive in us and one day he will take us home to be with Jesus forever in the most incredible place, the place he's already prepared for us. And so this is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God and he is very good. The Holy Spirit transforms us. If you have something to write on or something to write with, that's our next point there. The Holy Spirit transforms us. God is up to something. Up to something in you and in me and in everyone who will allow him to be at work. Did anybody ever see some, there used to be like this bumper sticker and it said P-B-P-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y, right? P-B-P-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y. Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Can I get an amen? All right, (laughs) P-B-P. Please be patient. God isn't finished. 
God is at work. Well, what's he doing? What's he doing? He wants to make you, if you have invited him to forgive you and come and live in you, he wants to make you more like Jesus. He wants, he wants to carve off the rough edges. Anybody know anyone with rough edges? Anybody? Anybody that's kind of a little quirky or hard to get along with? Anybody that's a little selfish? Anybody that's a little angry? You know, can I, can I get a witness here? All right. So the stuff, the stuff of our lives, the selfishness of our hearts, it's the truth about us. And you know, there are some people who say, okay, well, that's why we come to church. Uh, we invite Jesus to be our leader and forgiver. And then we settle in and settle down and we just stay messed up and sinful and carnal. But because of Jesus, we get into heaven. He's our get into heaven free card. And that's it. Well, now, that's mostly true. That's how you're going to get to heaven. Not by being good, but by trusting in Jesus. Because of his goodness, not yours. But he does not want to leave you without becoming better more like him. Aren't you glad? If you live with somebody, you're glad. Because it would be really good if that other person got to be nicer, kinder, gentler, more loving, and all that, right? And, and I think they probably think the same about you. And as a church family, wouldn't it be better if all of us were more like Jesus, easier to get along with, more kind, more gentle, more loving, more forgiving. That's what he's up to. He's trying to make us more like Christ. And so Jesus said, I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate. From John chapter 14. By the way, there's a Bible in every pew. And you are encouraged if you'd like to follow along. And if you don't have a Bible or one that you read often, you're welcome to take the one that's there. It's not stealing. I gave you permission, okay? You can take home the church Bible and make it yours. I will ask the Father. He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into what? How much truth? All right, leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. That means people who don't know Christ, who don't have faith, the world cannot receive him. But you know him, okay, because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. Now this is Jesus. He hasn't ascended into heaven yet. So he's saying he'll be with you now and later will be where? In you. <laughs> How cool is that? When Jesus was alive on planet Earth, the Holy Spirit was with us, but now that he's returned to the Father and breathes the Holy Spirit into his people, the Holy Spirit is in us, trying to transform us, trying to make us more like Jesus. Most of us have heard, there's a part of Scripture, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Ever heard of that? The fruit of the Spirit is what the Spirit brings into our lives. And it's a really cool list. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
There lives no law against these things. Now, it's important to recognize it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. Anybody known fruits? Okay. Strange, odd. Peter, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the fruit, one singular fruit. So um, we've been going down to the farmer's market in Davison to get fruit. Anybody ever been there? Anybody not been there? You need to go there. It's a cool place, right? And so we're picking out one of these and two of those, right? We got some pluots. Anybody know what a pluot is? Well, let me know because I have no clue. But anyway, um, they look good and they taste yummy. And so that's what some people think that's how you do the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I'll be, I'll love today and have some peace tomorrow and uh, self-control. And I just don't do that. <laughs> that's not how this works, right? That's not how this works. The Holy Spirit is trying to create in you all of the fruit of the Spirit. Patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. He's at work. And so I, I tried to make a list of the ways in which he does that. And my first attempt at the list was so long it couldn't fit in the program. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, let's consolidate into four things. The four ways, the primary ways the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit and grows us up. And the first one is that he teaches us about Jesus and guides us into all truth. That is so cool. Um, The Bible says, Jesus said in talking about the Holy Spirit, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you what? And will remind you of? I have told you. Um, The Holy Spirit, according to the Bible, according to the words of Jesus, puts the focus back on Jesus Christ. I've heard people say, well, I don't hear us talk a lot about this Holy Spirit in church. Well, there's a reason for that, because the Bible says the Holy Spirit points to Jesus, reminds us of Jesus. So we're not afraid of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We love him and we know that he loves us. But his focus is to say, look at Jesus. Right? Look at Jesus. Uh, any hockey fans in the house? Any, any Red Wings fans in the house? I'm looking at the hander shots. It's okay. Uh, um, when it, uh, I hate to admit it, but as a loyal Canadian, I am a Maple Leafs fan. They are the worst hockey team in the world, or at least have been, for like 25 years, okay? But nonetheless, I hold on to my hope that one day they will be decent. And um, so at the end of every hockey night in Canada, which, by the way, is Saturday night, Everybody in Canada pretty much watches the hockey game. At the end of the game, the announcer comes on after it's all over, and he says, and now tonight's three stars, la première étoile, and uh, a little French just for the moment, right? And then they skate out, and then they skate back. It's like, okay, the three stars are God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Holy Spirit says, look at Jesus. He's amazing. He died for your sins. He rose again from the dead. 
He loved, he taught, he lived like no one ever lived. Look at Jesus, remember Jesus, don't forget Jesus. Don't ever get over him. Don't ever get used to him. Be amazed at who Jesus is. This is the role of the Holy Spirit. And then he guides us. How do you you receive guidance from the Holy Spirit? In my life, typically it means I, I take my Bible, I read a few verses at least to settle my heart and mind on God. And then I, and then I consciously ask for his direction. You know, we had young family to raise, being a dad of two young kids. How, how do I balance discipline and love, you know, structure and freedom? And I want the best for my kids. Anybody else want the best for your kids? your grandkids, your spouse, your friends. So Lord, what would be best? Would you guide me? Would you, would you give me direction? And I wait and I listen. Here's the key. I learned a long time ago that if I want God to lead my life, and most of us do, then I can't sort of vote after he tells me whether I want to do it or not. You know, here's what you should do, Glenn. Oh, I don't really like that plan so much, God. You gotta be kidding me, right? What a foolish thing to say, but that's what we do. We want God to tell us what we should do and then we wanna vote. Here's what we do, we vote before he tells us. Yes, Lord, my vote is yes. This is the fifth congregation that Nancy and I have been blessed to be part of in 37 years of ministry. And in every case, we waited very quietly and patiently on God to show us what was next, where we should go, what we should do. And I believe he's led us. It's been quite a life. And I don't think for a moment that our lives would be what they are today without the gentle and consistent leadership of the Holy Spirit. So he shows us who Jesus is and he guides us. The second thing the Holy Spirit does is he corrects us. He convicts us. And the Bible's pretty clear about that. You know, some things are right and some things are wrong. Mm-hmm. And some things that are wrong, the things that are wrong are wrong because they wreck us. They hurt us. We don't break the Ten Commandments. Did you know that? When we disobey them, we break ourselves on them. Right? We break ourselves by ignoring them. And so the scripture says this. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will what? Convict the world. Would you say that out loud? Convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. I love that because it isn't just convict of sin, it's also convict of God's righteousness. What's righteousness? Right living, good living. A couple of years ago, Nancy and I went to Asheville, North Carolina to the Billy Graham Center there, it's called The Cove. And they have uh, displays inside of his ministry and they have inside the gravesite of his wife, Ruth. 
Uh, Some of you may know she grew up in China. She's the daughter of a missionary family. And on her gravestone is the word righteous in Chinese. And the word righteous in Chinese has two characters. The lamb over me. Now, that word in the Chinese language was developed before they heard the gospel. And they chose the Lamb over me. The Holy Spirit guided that choice. And when I put the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who takes away the sins of the world over me, He's in authority over my life, I become righteous. Not because of me, but because of him. And he wants me to be that way and to live that way. So when I'm following the Holy Spirit and I'm listening for his leading, when I do something selfish or mean or self-indulgent, I get a whisper. I get a check. I get a conviction. Have you ever felt that conviction? Don't do that. It's not good for you and it's not good for the people around you. Stop that. Now you can resist that. You know, a long time ago I learned that God is a gentleman. He calls me, he whispers to me, he asks me, but he never forces me. He gave me a choice. So, you know, there are some places I just don't go. And if I do go there or I think of going there, the Holy Spirit says, stop it. You know, there are lots of people who, when they feel empty or blue, they want to drink too much, they want to eat too much, they want to spend too much. They want to do something harmful and self-indulgent. And when we listen to the Holy Spirit, He says, don't do that. Or if you've done it, stop it. Let me help you. Now, here's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. He doesn't just tell us what to do and what not to do. He helps us. He helps us. He lives in us. He gives us the strength to resist the the pull of the flesh and to yield to the guidance of God's Holy Spirit. Some people want to push back or do their own thing or resist His leading, but I want to tell you the Holy Spirit's the best thing that ever happened to you. He is on your team. He is on your side. He is your advocate. He is your friend. He is your comforter. And He's looking out for you. And he wants the best for you. So hear his voice. Heed his voice. Let him convict and correct you. The third thing the Holy Spirit does is he empowers and gifts his people. I knew that's what that was going to say. Did you notice that? He gifts and empowers and uses us. I think that's amazing that God uses ordinary people like you and me in the world today. We, we talk about signing up for family promise. It makes a difference when a friendly face serves a meal over that counter in that kitchen to somebody who doesn't have a place to live. And it's a simple thing, but it's a powerful thing. It makes a difference in the life of kids in our nursery when somebody lovingly holds them and, and loves on them in Jesus' name. Sometimes it lasts a lifetime, that influence. It makes a difference when people say, okay, you know, I know the, the, the Pastor Cody's our new youth pastor and he could use some more volunteers. Can you use some more volunteers, Cody? Absolutely. 
Thank you, Cody. <laughs> it makes a difference when a teenager knows that somebody else other than their immediate family cares about them. And I can tell you all about that from my own journey. So the Holy Spirit uses us and he gifts us. And the Bible says that God gives a spiritual gift to every believer, okay? A spiritual gift is given to who? Each of us. Is given to who? So if you know Jesus, you have a spiritual gift. Huh, that's interesting. So what? So we can help each other. So he didn't give it to you to make you famous or make you proud or make you the star of the show. He gave you a spiritual gift so that you could help other people. And here's how that works. When our church is at its best, it's led by leaders, taught by teachers, people with gifts of mercy and kindness serve and use their hospitality gifts to touch the lives of other people. Gifts of mercy, gifts of servanthood, gifts of helps. We help and serve one another and the church becomes more and more healthy and more and more like Jesus. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit decides who gets what's gift, which gift. I don't get to vote. I don't get to say I want this gift or that gift. The Holy Spirit decides who gets which gift and he works it all together for his good and you get to play a part and you get to make a difference and your life matters. You know, several weeks ago when we talked about proofs for the existence of God, what about the skeptic who says, I'm not even sure there is a God. And one of those things that really makes you think is that sense of wanting to matter, wanting your life to have meaning, feeling like you're not just an accident. You're not just sort of... a a low life form that somehow happened and doesn't have any meaning and isn't going anywhere. When, that, when you know, somebody asked me with tears in their eyes the other day, do I ever have any doubts? And I said, yeah. But I know where to go with my doubts. I don't run from my doubts. I don't pretend I don't have doubts. I look them in the eye. Do I really think that I, that I just happen to be here for no reason, that we're just talking about nothing, that our faith is just sort of, I hope so. No, I believe in the core of my being that I was put here for a purpose, and you were too. And you're not just going through the motions and collecting a paycheck. You matter too. You, God handcrafted you put his fingerprints on your life, has you right where you are on purpose right now for a reason that's bigger than you. And when I get there, when I really wrestle with that and look at that, I say, yeah, I believe that in the very core of who I am. It defines my faith, and I do believe. Because the Holy Spirit has a purpose and a plan for your life. And the last thing I want to say under how he transforms us is he brings peace to us. I love that. You know, some people have allowed the discussion and the conversation about the Holy Spirit to get a little contentious. You know, you don't, you don't use your gifts the way I use my gifts. You don't talk about the Holy Spirit as much as I talk about the Holy Spirit. 
And we, and we get divided over someone that the Scripture tells us is here to bring us together and to give us peace. The Bible says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to what? Life and peace. Anybody want that? It leads, he leads to life and peace. Give grace to one another. Give space to one another. We are in the last uh, 10, 11, 12 days of a pretty contentious election. Has anybody noticed? And sometimes we get pretty upset and angry and frustrated with one another. Now, there's nothing wrong with having deeply, strongly held opinions and convictions about that. But guess what? Our unity in Jesus Christ is bigger than anything else that might divide us. Let me say that again. Our unity in Jesus Christ is bigger than anything that would divide us. Right? Yeah, let's have some of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Holy Spirit is welcome here. He is welcome to grow me up and teach me things that I may not want to hear, but they're good for me and I want them because He wants them. And the Holy Spirit is welcome here and He's welcome to correct me and convict me and tell me to stop doing self-destructive things and better than that, to help me. And not only that, but to help me do the good things that he calls me to do. You know, every once in a while I'll say, sacrifice and service are just normal for Christ followers. It's not that big a deal. My stuff is his stuff. My time is his time. My life is his. It's a life for a life. After what he's done for me, it's the least I can do to him. So my money is yours, Lord. And my time is yours, Lord. And my life, whatever abilities I have, they are yours. All yours. And it's okay. Whatever you want, whatever you ask, you'll help me. You'll help me to do it. And and when we do life that way, (laughs) some really, really good things happen. And I want to close with this. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, overcomes our weakness. The Holy Spirit overcomes our weakness. So I thought maybe as we close this morning, I'd talk to anybody who has any weakness. Is there anyone in the house that would uh, identify with that? Anybody who has any weakness. So the the worship team is going to come and we're going to play that song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. So I'd like to guide us in a prayer that will walk us through how the Holy Spirit might want to work in your life. The most important thing, of course, is that you pray. The most important thing is not what I say, it's what the Lord says into your life right now. So let's stand together. And Lord God, as your family, we open ourselves to your spirit today. Thank you that you are the spirit who brings life and peace. And we embrace life and peace through Jesus Christ.